Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, June the 13th, 2023. But today, it's Teacher's Tuesday. But first, a word from our now. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements to make. I want to remind all of you about the quarterly in July. That's July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. If you have not registered, please get that done. You know you're going to have the 4th of July coming up, and you're going to have the holiday activities, and then that's going to be over, and then you're going to go, oh, I haven't registered for quarterly. And we honestly, we need you to register early. Why? So we know how much food to purchase, Okay. And I promise you, if you register and you can't make it, I will refund your money to you, okay? I've done it before, and I can do it again. So the registration, $25 per person. Uh, Children, 11 to 6 are $10. 5 and under are free. Registration for online is $30. Check out our itinerary page at www.jewishprofit.com for more information. And you know what? We are scattered, Ephraim. We are scattered. I mean, there's probably none of you that have a next-door neighbor that's Ephraim. We're scattered. We're a remnant. You know what a remnant is? A remnant is what's left of the whole. That's what a remnant is. When, when, when I buy material, if you go to a material shop, there is bolt after bolt after bolt of material, and you'll just see it down the aisles. It's beautiful. But then there is a remnant table. And what happens is, is that they sell those bolts of material, and they sell it at a yard at a time. There may be... I don't know, 15, 20 yards of material on a boat. But as they sell it yard by yard to customers, when it gets down to the last yard, and some stores it has to be under a yard, then they fold it up, discount it, and put it on a remnant table for you to purchase. And when you compare that partial yard or one yard compared to the 15 to 20 yards of a bolt, well, that's only one-fifteenth or one-twentieth of the whole. We are a remnant. 
you probably don't have a next-door neighbor that's part of this. You may not even have somebody that's part of this in your same town. And so, therefore, thanks to the age that we live in, thank you, Father. We have available online a Sabbath fellowship that you can participate in. And that's led by Prophet Mark Reinbold, and that is available on our Ustream, and it's available on YouTube on Friday nights. We also have a Wednesday evening service that I do on YouTube. We have this blog talk radio station five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard and myself, and we have the other station with... Prophet Gary Burpee and Prophet Greg Burpee on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. Well, we are going to finish up today the promise of the Father. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Cornus, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That is the question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they answered him, And said, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. You know that growing up, I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. The only thing I did know was that then their tongues were the devil. But I didn't know anything about it. They said, we don't even know that there be a Holy Ghost. I mean, it was something... This was something new on the scene. Have you ever talked to somebody and said, are you an Ephraimite? And they're like, we don't even know what an Ephraimite is. This was new. They're like, we haven't even heard what in the Holy Ghost, what the Holy Ghost is. What are you talking about? Peter? Was it Peter? Paul, sorry. Paul. Paul, what are you talking about? I want you to notice. They were believers. They had received Yeshua as their Lord and Savior. I mean, this scripture right here puts to rest, well, I got the Holy Ghost when I got saved. Not if you don't speak in tongues. Not if you didn't ask to be filled with the Holy Ghost. No, all you did was get your ticket to heaven. Now you need a little extra. You need the power to live here on earth. And that comes with the Holy Ghost. Now the other thing I hear people say all the time is, well, well, I prayed and I asked God for the Holy Ghost, but I didn't get it. Or, I got something, but I think it's from the devil. I think I got a prayer language that's from the devil. I got tongues from the devil. Devil can't give you tongues. I'm telling you, Satan is there to kill, steal, and destroy us. That's his job. And he's been doing his job for a long time. Longer than you and I have been alive. He's been doing this job. And he got good at it. In fact, he's going to get so good at it that the Bible says in the end times, that God will shorten the days because the very elect could be fooled and deceived. Turn with me to Luke 
chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. I want to put to rest that when you asked for the Holy Ghost, that you didn't get it, that maybe it came from the devil. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Luke eleven eleven. If a son asks bread of any of you, which is a father. Now, if those of you that are a parent, and your child comes to you and says, I'm hungry. That's what he's saying here. Will you give him a stone? Will you say, go out there in the driveway and pick up some rocks? Have that for supper. First of all, break their teeth. Then you're going to have a dentist bill. You'd be better off feeding that child. No, we don't do that. There are there are seed. There are flesh and blood. There are families. There are children, and we love them. And we will do for them and give them to the best of our ability. You know, there were times whenever I would give my kids something to eat, and I'd let them have, I'd let them get their fill, and I might still be hungry at the end of the meal. But it was important because they were growing and developing, and I knew they needed to eat. I could go without. That didn't happen a lot. Don't get me wrong. Don't make, don't don't feel sorry for Sister Donna. I I was fine. I just didn't get the second of whatever it was I had fixed, you know, because the kids ate it. So will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, for a fish, will you give him a serpent? Or if he will ask an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, listen to this, if you then be an evil, whoa, well, that's enough to offend anybody. What do you mean? I ain't evil. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? Do you see the lies? And I mean, I've had several people come up, not recently, when Prophet and I were traveling. Oh, Oh, I don't have, I, I asked for it and I got, I got, I got tongues of the devil. No, if you ask for it, it says God will give it to you. God will give it to you. You've been sold, you've been sold a bag of rocks. You've been sold a bag of rocks and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. Now, the other thing that being taught as I was growing up, that tongues was of the devil, you don't need them, you know. But I'll never forget the day that I found 1 Corinthians 14.5. I want to read just the first section of 1 Corinthians 14, because that's what, that's what I want you to see. 1 Corinthians 14.5. I would that you all spake with tongues. I'm telling you, when I found this scripture, I about jumped out of my chair. I'm like, what? This is Paul. Paul's writing to Corinthians, and he's saying, I would that you all spake with tongues. All of it? And then you go on down to verse verse 18. And he says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. What? Paul? Paul who wrote most of the New Testament? How could I be taught tongues was the devil when Paul said, I would 
that you all speak with tongues, and I thank God that I speak with them more than all of you. He must have spoken tongues a lot. But then, but then go on down to verse 39. I'm telling you, Paul, Paul was on it this day. Verse 39, it says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not. Woo! Forbid not to speak with tongues. We don't do that in our church. We don't believe in it. Forbid not to speak in tongues. Wow. Wow. If you if you have been taught wrong, you need to do a study on the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And let me tell you a good place to start. Prophet Decker wrote a book called The Holy Ghost and You. It's available, I believe, for ten dollars. The Holy Ghost and You. Don't don't hold me to that price. I don't remember for sure, but I think it's ten bucks. Ten dollars. I'm telling you, you can't go you can't go eat out for lunch for ten dollars hardly anymore. And what does that lunch do for you? Feed you for one meal. Doesn't even feed you for a whole day. But you could spend ten dollars on the Holy Ghost in you and it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 12. Acts 8, 12 through 19. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Christ Yeshua, they were baptized, both men and women. So Philip's out there evangelizing, and they got saved, they got filled, or or got baptized. And then Simon, Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. He continued with Philip. Simon did. Simon did. And who is this Simon? Well, let's 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 back up a little bit, okay? What do you say? Let's let's back up a just a tad bit and figure out who this Simon is. Because I want you I want you to see something here. I want you to understand something. Let's see. Let me figure out how far we need to back up. Where's Simon at here in the scriptures? Here we go. Here we go. Verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon. Now, I want you to understand something. This made the book. This made the book. So, it must be important. It must be important. Hey, my daughter just corrected me. I'm telling you, we're, she's running a bargain today. You can get the Holy Ghost in you for five bucks. Yeah, she's running a bargain. Five dollars. Half price. 50% off. She wants to sell some books. Yeah, she does. Okay, back to Simon, verse 9. Acts, we're, we're in Acts chapter 8, verse 9. There was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. So he used sorcery. What sorcery? Devil. Darkness. And witchcraft. He bewitched the people. 
and acted like he was some great one. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. They didn't know, did they? So here's this man who's using sorcery, bewitching the people. They think he's some great power of God. Do we have things like that here today? Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we do. There was, there was a, 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 a man who traveled, the, traveled this, this United States, traveled the world. He was known for, for healing. He was known for healing. People would come and far and wide to be healed. Prophet, Prophet once went down to South America. Went down to South America and was staying in the home of a gentleman that sponsored him to come down there. He didn't do that very often. But he's staying in his home, and and it that his time there was about to over. And he was praying up in his room, and God said, you go downstairs, and you call that man son, 16-year-old son. And you tell him that because, because he has taken care of God's prophet, God is going to give his 16-year-old son a miracle. And he went downstairs and he told the gentleman, he said, get your son in here. God's going to give him a miracle. And the man began to weep. And he said, he said, I've, I've, I've had the boy prayed for. And he named this, 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 this other ministry. But if I named him, you would all know. But I ain't going to name him. He said, he, I had him to come down here, just like I did you, sponsored him down. And I asked him to pray for my 16-year-old son. And he said, for $10,000, I'll pray for him. Prophet couldn't believe it. He said, and, and? He said, well, he prayed for him and nothing happened. And he said, your $10,000, he kept it. God said, because you have taken care of a, this prophet, a prophet to the nations, God's going to give you a miracle. The prophet prayed for that boy. He had had an accident when he was three years old, caused an infection in his ear, and it ate the inner eardrum. He could not hear and did not speak since he was three years old. God did a creative miracle. He restored, he rebuilt that inner ear. Prophet prayed. Simon. Simon had deceived the people as some great power of God. That man who charged $10,000 to have that boy prayed for was deceiving the people. Not just here, but all over. Prophet went to Africa. The interpreter he had said, "Oh yeah, that that guy had been he'd been there to 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 Africa." And he said, um, "Nothing happened." And he said, "You know what? The people surrounded the the hotel. They were going to tar and feather him." 
And he, he, his people snuck him out the back door and took him to the airport and got him out of there. But they were going to burn the hotel down with him in it. You see, they don't take lightly to being lied to. Simon had lied to the people. He had lied to the people. He had said through sorcery, through witchcraft, he had bewitched the people and gave himself as some great power of God. Now you know who Simon is. And to see him, they had great regard because that a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. I mean, this wasn't something just happened overnight. No, this had been going on for a day or two. A long time, the scripture says. Let's go back to verse 13. Then Simon himself believed. Now, how can you be a great one of God if you didn't believe? Now, he was on the wrong side of the fence, wasn't he? And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. And he wondered, beholding the miracles and signs that were done. You see, he had only bewitched the people. He couldn't do that. The darkness cannot do the signs and miracles. They can only bewitch. And when the apostles that were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, whom when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. For as they had not fallen on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Yeshua. Then laid they hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So you can receive the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, and we do that in our services. In the healing line, we did just this past quarterly. Little gal received the Holy Ghost for fast. I'm telling you, we said receive, and she received it by the laying on of hands. I want you to look at verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on hands of the apostles, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Saying, give me the power that whoever I lay hands on he will receive the Holy Ghost. Simon wanted to buy the anointing. He had worked on it on the other side of the, of the street. He had worked on it in darkness, and he had had the power in darkness, which was a fake power, which didn't really work. And now he saw the power, and he wanted to buy buy it. You can't buy it. I'm not going to read on what they had to say to Simon. But it wasn't real, real nice. But what I want you to understand is by the laying on of hands, people receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 9.17 Acts 9.17 You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, when I received the Holy Ghost, I got so drunk in the Spirit. I got so filled with the Holy Ghost, I could not speak in English. I would open my mouth to speak, and it would come out, They call that being drunk on the Holy Ghost. I was so drunk that I lay on the carpet up in the up in the where the healing lines would be. I laid up there at the altar for an hour 
plus. Might have been an hour and a half. Until finally the pastor was like, you know what, folks? I want to go home. They'd listen to me giggle and speak in tongues all they wanted to hear. And so two of the young men, one of them I'd went to school with for 13 years, they got me up off the floor and just like a drunk, I couldn't walk. My legs weren't working. They grabbed me by each elbow and drug me out of the church put me in my mama's car, and I was so filled with the Holy Ghost. I was a giggling and a speaking in tongues the whole trip home from the church, which was a 15-minute trip. And I could remember my mama set out in the driveway until I could start to speak English because she knew. She knew that I was going to go into the house there, crawl into that twin bed next to my husband, and if I was drunk on the Holy Ghost, it wasn't going to go well. And so she sat with me in the car. I don't know how long she sat with me in the car. But you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Once in a while we have that happen at the quarterly. Somebody gets prayed for and they get so drunk in the Holy Ghost, they're just so filled up with it. They just, well, they're just like a good drunk now, giggling and speaking in tongues and not be able to walk. And yeah, it's called being filled with a new wine. Acts 9 17. Ananias went his way and entered into the house. Now, Ananias is who God asked to go pray for Paul after he had been blinded on the road to Damascus. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on Paul said, Brother Saul, and remember his name was Saul and God changed it to Paul, the Lord even Yeshua that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ananias prayed for Saul and he received his sight. That's the only thing we hear about Ananias. That's all we hear in the Bible about Ananias. But Saul, we know as Paul, through the laying of hands was filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He talk about turning somebody's life around. Here he was out, out persecuting those of the way, killing the Christians who believed in Yeshua, authorized by the church of the day to do it. And now he's filled with the Holy Ghost. God turned him around on that road to Damascus. Did you go the wrong way, Saul? going the wrong way. Wow. How many of us are going the wrong way? Heading down the wrong path. Prophet used to say, you know what? You can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. There's a few things in my life that I was sincerely wrong till Prophet Deckard corrected me. There's still things in my life that possibly are sincerely wrong. And God's corrected me. God just corrected me not not but a few months ago about something. And I stand corrected. I stand corrected. God will deal with you. That's why we tell you to ask God to reveal you to you, your unknown sins. Because you see, I didn't know it was a sin. And a lot of those things that Prophet talked to me about and corrected me about, I didn't know they were sins either. Well, I was doing everything I knew to do, and God honors that. But he'll also start to peel off the things that you don't know. And let me tell you something. 
you're going to keep finding out things that you're doing wrong until the end. God wants us to walk in holiness and righteousness. Acts chapter 11, verse 15 and 16. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Acts 13, 52. Acts chapter 13, verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy. And the Holy Ghost. Remember how I said I laid there on the floor giggling? Giggling? I can remember. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. I was, I was, I was a, a Methodist pastor's wife. But I remember I would feel this tingling. It would start at my toes. And would run up my legs. I'm laying on the floor. And it would reach my belly button. And when it reached my belly button, I would start laughing. And, and I'd, I'd laugh, and it would go on up out the top of my head. And then another wave would come, start on my toes, run all the way up to my body, through my body, reach my belly button, and I'd do another burst out of laughing, and up it'd go and out the top of my head. Now, it wasn't until I, until I met Prophet Deckard, might have been after I married him. I think I was married to him. And he was talking about feeling the anointing in bed. And it's starting at his feet and running through his body. And I can remember him talking about that, and all of a sudden... I knew what he was talking about. And I remember saying, honey, I know what you're talking about. I felt that. I felt that it's like electricity that starts and it runs and then it runs and it runs until you're filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to feel the anointing run. You don't have to feel that. I think there was a reason I had that experience. The reason Prophet had that experience. Had to do with what God had in our lives. Not everybody experiences, but you can experience the joy of the Holy Ghost. You can be filled with joy. Say hallelujah. Verse, uh, let's go down to Acts 15, verse 8. And God, which knows the heart, God, which knows the heart. Do you understand that God knows your heart? God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Now, the Bible says that we are to guard our hearts, for out of it are the issues of life. We are to guard our heart. Do you understand? There are people out there that are callous. There are people out there that are deceived. There are people out there who want nothing to do with anything that has to do with anything that has to do with God. 
speaking, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. They've hardened their heart. And the Bible says don't harden your heart. Sometimes we say their heart is calloused. That's from over and over again, hearing and believing the wrong things. But God knows your heart. And he bare them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Do you have a heart that seeks God? I think I've shared with you that I studied about, I was praying, I said, God, there's got to be more, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. And I was doing a study and it took me a whole year because I didn't have a good study life. Didn't need to take a whole year. But I spent a year studying about the Holy Ghost until I was like, God, if that is a promise, a gift for from you to us, I want it. God's like, now we're talking. See, I got my heart changed from all that bad teaching. God knows your heart. He knows what it's going to take for you to get right with him. Let's back up a little bit. Acts 4, 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. God wants you to have a boldness in him. Being filled with the Holy Ghost will give you that boldness. Let me tell you something. I was one backward child. Never spoke to anybody unless I was spoken to first. Never raised my hand in class. When the teacher would say, ask a question, you know. Never raised my hand. Never draw attention to myself that way. I was always, I always figured that, that the answer I had, why well, I want to embarrass myself and raise my hand and it'd be wrong. I can't tell you how many times I knew the answer. And I was right. But I never rose my hand. And every once in a while the teacher would call me out. Donna, what do you think? I get real nervous. I can remember we'd have to give give book reports. And we'd have to stand up in front of the class, right next to the teacher's desk, to give the book report. I'd get so nervous. You ever got nervous? Your throat tightens up. You can hardly talk. And your knees are shaking. Your paper's shaking so much you can't hardly read what's on it. I remember this one time the teacher was like, go sit down. She just read what I had on my paper, read read it out loud to everybody for me. See, you guys can't imagine me being that backward, can you? I'm not backward like that anymore. Nope. Nope, not at all. Nope. Now I'll get up in front of a crowd, turn me loose. I get in a group of people, I'll be telling stories. You see, being filled with the Holy Ghost will give you a boldness. That boldness didn't start to build until I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And it took a while. It took a while. It wasn't something that I could feel the Holy Ghost and I was bold. No, you got to remember, I was keeping it quiet. I want my husband to know. That didn't last long. 
Let's go to Titus. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Titus 3, verse 5. I'm telling you, this scripture and the next two, if you don't get the Holy Ghost for any other reason, this is why you should get it. This was what was really convincing to me. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. I've done works of righteousness. I didn't lie, steal, and cheat. At least I didn't think until I met Prophet Deckard and found out, hey, taking those extra sugar packets, you were cheating, stealing. You've lied to your thinking that you're holier than thou. But I didn't think I was. Works of righteousness. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how many times evangelists would come in and they'd say, Come to the front if you need to stir it up. And up we'd march to the front. We need to stir it up. We need a renewing. Well, if you got the Holy Ghost, you need a stirring up and a renewing. Why don't you just spend about, about 45 minutes praying in tongues? That'll give you a renewing. That'll stir you up. I found out you can have a renewing right there in your prayer closet. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. This is the second one that was convincing to me. And I'm thinking this is probably, I don't know. They're all, they're all three important. Jude one twenty. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, my Bible says you have to have faith to please God. But have you ever had something in your life that you needed to pray and believe God and use your faith? And it was too hard. The circumstances in your life kept looming bigger than your faith. And you couldn't get past that, what you could see, to believe what you can't see. Well, here in Jude, Jude, Jude was giving us a little key. He said, you pray in the Holy Ghost and it'll build up your most holy faith. Your most holy faith? Woohoo! Praying in the Holy Ghost builds up your most holy faith. That should be enough to make all of you filled with the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray. I mean, how many of you have a faith project that you're working on and you're battling doubt and unbelief? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Ye shakara bahaibi sokoho. Yekahai. Yeah, God. You're struggling, believing God for something. Are you in the Holy Ghost? Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jude. For you know, Jude didn't get a lot of place in the in the scriptures. It's not it's not a very big book. Not a big book at all. But let me tell you something. Verse twenty here. Verse twenty should be highlighted, underlined. Bolded. Maybe you should maybe you should write it on a card and smack it on your mirror so you can see it every morning. Pray in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Jude, for telling us. 
you know what, that's, that's important. Because without faith, you can't please God. Now, the last scripture, the last scripture here that was so convincing to me is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. And I'm telling you, this is exciting. You see, I was a pastor's wife. And I had people coming and asking me to pray for things. All the time. They'd call me on the phone. They'd see me, they'd see me at the grocery store. They'd see me at the church. It was, Sister Donna, I need prayer for this. Please pray for that. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. There were times that people asked me to pray and I wasn't sure exactly how I should pray for that situation. We don't know how we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you don't know what you're saying. It bypasses your brain. Because see, it comes up out of your belly. It comes up out of your belly. It's your spirit praying to God who is a spirit. Spirit to spirit. Praying for your infirmities. Because you don't know how to pray as you ought. I was listening to Prophet. <laughs> he said this man came and said, said, uh, said, Pastor, he said, I want you to pray. He said, I'm believing God for $5,000 to get a new car. And I want you to pray, you know, two, two of us in agreement, it'll be. God said, don't you agree with him to pray for $5,000 for a car? And Tom's like, well, well, why not? God said, because he's got $5,000 or more bills that he should pay first. The prophet looked at him and he said, well, he said, um, he said, I can't do that. Well, why not? Why not, Pastor? Why can you not pray for me? Well, I'm, I'm believing for $5,000. And he says, well, because you're selfish. What? He said, it's selfish. He said, you have $5,000 in bills you should be praying for. He goes, well, I don't, I'm not worried about the bills. I want a new car. The prophet said, no. I ain't praying for that. See, you don't know how you ought to pray. Sometimes your prayers are selfish. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. with groanings that cannot be uttered. He that searches the heart. Now, who knows your heart? We just read it. We just read it. Right back here. Where were we at that we read it? Right there in Acts 15, 8. God knows the heart. He that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes his intercessions for the saints according to the will 
of God. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you are praying the perfect prayer for that situation. You are praying according to the will of God for that situation. Whether you're praying for your own self or you're praying for somebody else, you are praying the will of God for that situation. That's why prophet would tell you guys, don't pray for me and him in English. You pray in the Holy Ghost. We don't have to spend time tearing down your prayers that were against God's will. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? It's the promise of the Father. And those of you that have received the Holy Ghost, do you use it? How much how much time do you spend a day praying in tongues? How much time do you spend praying in tongues? You know, I developed a habit, didn't even realize it. It came out of a need. You know, children grow quickly. And they outgrow their clothing quickly. They, you've got, you, you're constantly, when they get in those growing spurts, you're having to buy new shoes, new socks, new, new, uh, new clothing. And so I began, I began, I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a mental note that when I'm folding clothes, I'm going to pray in tongues as I fold clothes, believing God for the next set of clothes for my children. And I did that because, you know, when it comes to children, you're talking about years. And I began to do that. Now, right now, I don't have to buy clothing for growing children. And I've got clothes that I've had for years that... Well, except for the fact of losing some weight and some of them don't fit me anymore, I don't have to spend a lot on clothes. But do you know what? I find myself when I'm folding clothes, I'm praying in tongues. Why? Because I just set that habit. And now I don't even think about it. I'll be sitting there folding clothes and all of a sudden I realize I'm a shikaliabakashikadabohomakahai. I'm praying in tongues. When I get in the car, and I'm by myself in the car, and sometimes when I'm not by myself and I'm the passenger, and nobody's talking, I'll be praying in tongues under my breath. You need to pray in tongues, and you need to, you need to find ways to help you to remember to pray in tongues. Maybe it's doing dishes. Maybe it's mopping and sweeping the floor. Maybe it's on your way to work during your break. Whatever it is, find and make ways that you can pray in tongues. Well, I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who are listening today. I pray for those who have not received the Holy Ghost, I pray for them that they will will receive it. They will receive it, Father, that this has stirred them, that they will begin to study about it, and they will begin to search for it. And, Father, but most importantly, what's really laying on my heart today is those who already have it that ain't using it. They aren't taking advantage of the power that you gave them. And Father, I ask that you stir them. I ask that this sermon has stirred them, Father. In the mighty name of Yeshua. In the mighty name of Yeshua. 
Well, I want to thank all of you for listening, and I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Sure.